Teachers, what was the best excuse for being late that turned out to be true? Story time. I was the only high schooler on our bus one winter. The other detail important to this story is that we had the oldest model bus that wasn't in the best mechanical shape. It had one of those mechanically operated doors, it would shoot out a plume of black smoke every time it started, and just looked much less fancy than all the other buses the school had. Anyway, one winter it was so cold that the diesel engine stopped working. The bus driver said the cold made the diesel in the lines gel up. I have no idea if that's accurate, but either way the bus wouldn't start. Fortunately, we were only five miles from the school and all the kids had been picked up already, so they just radioed another newer bus to loop back around and pick us up. The bus driver radioed the elementary school but completely forgot to let the high school know. So I show up to class and the teacher asks why I was late. I said, the cold caused the fuel lines to gel up in the school bus, repeating exactly what the bus driver told us. But I was the only high schooler on that bus, so no other students were there to back up my story. The teacher didn't believe me and instead of just calling the main office to verify the story, she mocked me in front of the whole class saying, It's not possible for fuel to freeze in the cold. And everyone in the class agreed with her, saying that I was a bad liar and laughed at how dumb my story was. Ultimately, the office did let her know about the bus after she tried giving me a detention, but the embarrassment is still there and she never gave me an apology. I don't really blame a lot of teachers for being skeptical about excuses kids make for being late and stuff, but the fact that they didn't even bother to check if there was a situation with the bus is really unreasonable. Also, yeah, apparently fuel lines can start to freeze up and everything, or the fuel inside the lines can freeze up if it's about minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. I was the kid. Physics, 11th grade. The day prior to this day, my neighbor passed away and her son was a friend of mine and also in this class. Terribly long story, but it was a self-deletion by hanging and I was the one who found her. I had nightmares all night and skipped the first half of school the next day. When my physics teacher saw me later, she asked me where I was that morning. Before I could explain, she said, that friend was looking for you and concerned. He seemed more worried than he should have been and was a little upset about you not being there. The guy's mom died, but he still went to class and didn't tell anyone, but was worried about me. I couldn't tell her what had happened at that point, so I just said I overslept. Well, first of all, that's traumatizing. Second of all, it's nice that he didn't say anything when his friend obviously didn't want to say anything quite yet. And third of all, uh, there are many of these from the perspective of actual teachers that I could find, so expect a lot of, like, I was the kid in these. Obligatory not a teacher, but I am an admin in a music school. I had a mom frantically call me and let me know her daughter would probably be late or miss their guitar lesson in a couple hours because she couldn't find the kid. I was just kind of like, uh, okay, well, I will let her teacher know. Got another call about an hour later from the same mom. She found her kid, but apparently the daughter went to a friend's house and decided to dye her hair green? They lived pretty close by, so I did let them know they could still come in for their lesson. Mom said she would call me back and let me know in a minute or two. Never called back. Her daughter showed up for her lesson about five minutes late with this bright green coiffure. I gotta admit it looked rad as heck, but also kind of a confusing thing to be an audience to the build-up. I don't know about the rest of you, maybe it's just me, but I'm kind of over the whole like unnaturally dyed hair look. Like, it's cool, I don't mind it, but I know so many people still who are like, Oh my god, blue hair, oh! And I'm like, dude, are you like, is it 2010 still? Are you still in love with Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim? One of my friends was training for cross-country on a weekend once and she was hit by a pickup truck that ran a stop sign. She flew over the top of it and broke both her kneecaps. The pickup truck drove off. 
She said she can't remember any of the events that happened immediately afterwards, but the police report said that a bystander pulled over to help and when they asked if she was alright, she just kept repeating a bunch of letters and numbers over and over, not even saying anything else except JHP887, 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 just constantly saying it like she was in some manic state. Eventually, after the police had already been called, the dude who pulled over to help realized that those were the license plate numbers and wrote them down. There was no security footage of it and her being able to glance at the plates was the only reason they were able to track down the truck that hit her. To this day, that is the single most awesome thing that she's ever done. I can't imagine flying over the top of a truck and having enough mental capacity in that moment to look at the license plate and memorize it while having two knees that don't have functioning kneecaps. I wish there was a silver lining to this story, but she had to have tons of surgery and to this day has some bad knees and can't really run like she used to. Not to mention the guy they tracked down didn't have any insurance and was just an elderly man who had pretty severe dementia and panicked after hitting her. So they didn't even press charges. Because of the way that they told this one, it doesn't really seem to fit in this topic. Like, I mean, I have to commend the woman, first of all, for being able to memorize the license plate through the shock and the pain that they were probably enduring in the moment. And I guess they missed the cross-country race in the end, I assume, so uh, I guess it counts. I apologize that I'm writing this on mobile, so there might be errors. I'm an English professor, and one year a pretty good student showed up without one of his two major term papers. He explained that his safe had been stolen by a contractor who was working on their house. His laptop was in the safe, and that's where his paper was. I genuinely believe him because he has been a really good student. Then, over the next few weeks, he started to show up to class looking very tired. He said that he was on a hunt for the person who stole his safe, and he was spending late nights with his cousin driving around looking for the guy because they knew his van. Now the student and his cousin were both recently back from tours in Iraq and had seen combat experience. They wanted to find the guy to beat the tar out of him and get the safe back because his wife's wedding ring was in the safe as well as a bunch of cash. He rewrote the paper and turned it in apologetically that it wasn't up to his usual quality, but he still kept coming to class looking like he hadn't slept. After a little while, he came in very happy to my office and he reported that he found the guy after a long search that involved breaking into a drug den, shaking people down with baseball bats, and even bribing some prostitutes. He said that they found the guy's van at a Taco Bell after getting a tip from a prostitute, and they cornered him and waited for the police to come. I read in the news that he had in fact done a citizen's arrest and stopped the guy at a Taco Bell and that they ended up calling in the Secret Service because he used the cash that he stole from the safe to buy a bunch of counterfeiting equipment. Secret Service apparently investigate counterfeiting, so the whole investigation happened because this guy who I dubbed the White Shaft tracked the scumbag down through the bad side of town late at night to get a wedding ring, some cash, and his research paper back. It all turned out to be true. He got the ring and the laptop back. I gladly accepted his original paper and it got a much higher grade than the rewrite.
A couple people asked for more details, so here are a few more. I can't recall the year this happened, but it was the height of the war with the U.S. and Iraq. My student had enrolled in the army right after 9-11 on the same day as his cousin. They were both just out of high school and enrolled due to patriotism and frustration. According to him, when he started his vigilante spree, he actually went inside of a house used by a drug addict to try and find the guy. They shook the house down with baseball bats and forced everyone out into the street. When the cops showed up, they told my students how dangerous this was and not to do it again. They then gave him their card and said, but call us if you do. They shook down at least two other drug dens and the same cop was waiting outside both times to arrest people since he didn't need to get a search warrant as everyone was outside now at the point of two baseball bats. I told my student about how dangerous this all was and he was very John Wick about getting his wife's wedding ring back. Also, I tried to find a link to the story, but it was a small story and the Googles aren't being very helpful, especially since I can't remember the year. What a nerd, going through all that trouble to get a good grade. No, I'm joking, obviously. That story is awesome, and if there was, like, a link they could have supplied to an article, I would have been so happy. Not a teacher, but my senior year of high school, they were doing construction on the building, and so part of it was completely closed. To make up for the lack of space, there was a vocational school nearby in the district that let us use the extra rooms they did not use. To get to the other school, you could get on a bus, or if your last class of the day was at the vocational school, you could drive over there. I was driving a friend and myself over to the same English class. Traffic gets pretty stop and go at this time as there's a lot of buses and students all going to the same place. The kid behind me wasn't paying attention during one of the stop moments and rear-ended me. Now it was stop and go traffic so it wasn't like any of us were going fast. It was really just a bump. Still, everyone got out to see the damage and make sure everyone was okay. We were all fine. We both had piece of crap cars. We both decided that nothing was significant. May as well get back into the line of traffic and get to class. The kid who hit me was also in the same English class. My friend and I walked into class late. The teacher was known for being a stickler. Very snidely says, you two better have a good reason for being tardy. My friend laughs and I respond, yeah, other classmate just rear-ended us on the way here. You can confirm with him when he gets here. So a minute later, he rushes in saying, sorry I'm tardy, I hit CM Hooley and friend. The rest of class laughs, stern teacher makes us all get down to business. The end. I always say you should treat teachers right, but it's undeniable that either some teachers are waiting for you to slip up or actively want to get you in trouble. I mean, I once had a teacher that said to me after I questioned her teaching method, I'm going to make your life a living hell, took me outside away from the class and said that to my face. Had a student player our NCAA top 25 football team be late to a college midterm. As a note, we are in a metropolitan area. Emails me and goes, I fully understand you think this is going to be a lie, but I found the guy unconscious in his car. I had to stop and call 911. Be there soon. This was one where it was so wild I couldn't fathom it being fake on some level. I was sitting there proctoring and thinking how I was going to have to request a police report to verify. But the kicker is the guy made it to class and finished the exam on time and got an A from what I recall. Good lord, he a football player got a little big smart brain in that head of his end. He's a moral person. My god, he sounds like the whole package. 
TLDR. Student shows up to class with a head injury with a note to prove it. Chooses not to go home because he doesn't want to miss the activity for that day. I teach a college freshman paper writing class. Over the course of the semester, we have two workshop sessions where students bring in their drafts and critique each other's draft papers. Each one counts for 5% of the grade and missing it unexcused means forfeiting that 5%. An excused absence makes the other workshop session worth 10% of the grade. Anyway, during the first workshop session, there was a student who I did not expect to be absent at all, but 60 minutes into the class, had shown up. Class is 90 minutes long. Normally, I wouldn't allow someone to come in that late, especially to a workshop session. However, he had the best excuse. He gives me this letter from a doctor at the PE department. Turns out that he had judo for PE that morning. He was paired up with a more experienced sparring partner who flipped him upside down. He landed on his head, I think. On the symptoms, the note read that he had temporary memory loss and a possible concussion. Under recommendations, it said that he should go home. I asked him why he didn't go home. He said that he didn't want to deal with the complications of missing workshop. I should note that my class was on the fifth floor of a building with no elevators and high ceilings, so he had already gone up four flights of stairs. I didn't want to waste his efforts, so I let him push through. He mentioned that he couldn't remember where he put his pen, needed to write comments on classmates' drafts, so I barked to one of his poor classmates to lend him one. Afterwards, I went to our faculty room and told them about it. They all called BS and I showed them the note which completely changed their tone. They all started accusing me of creating a pressuring classroom environment. Half joking, I think. Just want to clarify the timeline because I realize it might have caused some concern. The judo incident happened in the morning around 9 or 10 a.m. My class was from 4 to 5.30 with the student arriving 5-ish. In the time between the incident and the student arriving late to my class, he was able to rest, regained his memories, although possibly not totally since again he couldn't find his pen, was cleared from having a concussion by a doctor. The doctor wrote the note to explain why he would miss classes because the recommendation was that he go straight home, which would mean taking public transport for about an hour. He was still wearing the judo pants and he still did a good job critiquing his classmates' work, by the way. I once judo threw a dude, he poured milkshake all over my friend, called me a homophobic slur and tried to punch me in the face and I totally emasculated him in front of his girlfriend. That was in like early high school, like 2007, 2008. Not a teacher, but when I was in elementary school, I remember an incident where I had a homework sheet I'd taken home to complete. I can't remember what the subject was. I do remember I spent most of my evening after dinner sitting at the table with my dad trying to complete it. This was torture. For some reason, my dad and I never connected in a learning environment. He would dictate things to me and expect me to get it, but he really struggled to walk me through the process needed for me to understand it. So after many hours, hours of yelling and arguing and tears and being absolutely miserable, I finished the damn worksheet, set it down and went to bed. In the morning, I woke up to discover a critical error with my homework. When I set it down to get ready for bed, I had set it on top of the birdcage instead of on top of the shelf next to it. I don't know why I thought to do this instead of putting it on the shelf. I can only assume I thought flat surface good in my poor tired brain. Cockatiel was greatly offended by this mysterious new object on top of its home and had spent most of the night shredding my worksheet to pieces. 
I took the remains with me to school, and when they asked us to hand in the assignments, I kind of just looked at my teacher with a completely defeated expression on my face and uttered the words, Um, my bird ate my homework. The uproar of laughter from the class was defeating. My teacher took the sheet from me and examined it carefully, then sighed as he tells me, Well, it looks like you tore this page apart with a hole punch. Come see me after class. I didn't expect to be accused of lying, so in my shock I started arguing with him. No, really, my bird ate my homework, which only spurred the laughter from the class further. I didn't know what else to do. Did you ever get that frog-in-your-throat feeling as a kid, where your voice just seizes up and you can't manage to squeeze out any sound no matter how you might try? For years afterwards, I'd get bullies making stupid did-your-bird-eat-your-homework-again jokes from kids that had been in that class. Adult me thinks it's kind of funny. I had pushed myself, been pushed by my dad so hard just to complete that damn assignment, only to have it ruined, be accused of lying, and be embarrassed and teased for the situation. Poor seven-year-old Lanko just wasn't prepared for life yet, you know? While I've never had a pet eat my homework, I have had my brother drink a liquid science assignment that I had in primary school, but I don't believe I was ever accused of lying about him drinking it, so that kind of turned out well for me. Monday, my astronomy professor walked in unusually late. He was out of breath and apologized and said, I swear I'm late for a good reason, and went on to inform us about Betelgeuse, a star that has been dimming more than usual and has been debated between astronomers as to what this dimming business is all about. Some are saying maybe that's just what it does, and others are saying maybe it could go supernova. Well then, he says in what felt like a single breath, so I read an article that came out today and some researchers suggested that Betelgeuse could be spewing out enough matter to make clouds that are interfering with how much light makes it to us. But they hadn't looked at the observatory data that corresponds to that phenomenon. So I looked over the data and found out that they were wrong and it can't be a cloud that's causing the dimming. So I was writing to them to tell them their hypothesis was incorrect and to show them the math and data that reaches that conclusion. And he had this smile on his face like he was so proud of himself. Ended it with, so now y'all are the first to know that it is definitely not a cloud. I don't know about the rest of y'all, and maybe this is just my personal experience, my personal opinion, but science teachers are the most passionate about their work, I find, and in turn, that makes them the cutest, in my opinion. I teach at a community college on the Texas coast. We reopened as soon as possible after Harvey, and the excuses were insane. Someone stole our door slash air conditioner slash tires, and we're waiting on the police. That could take a while. Travel was hazardous in some areas. Our hot water heater exploded, and the shower completely melted. We just got back into our house and it's full of snakes and seagulls. My grandmother is missing. Some teachers complained and adopted stricter attendance policies, but several of my students were homeless or living without electricity or running water and still taking time to stay in communication. So I ditched my attendance policy entirely and basically said, I'm going to be here regardless. If you can be here, great. If not, let me know you're okay as soon as you can. I'll count you present and tell you what we went over in class. I'm proud to say that almost all my students finished the semester and most did very well in their exams. I teach psychology and I start the semester with writing assignment on stress. It gives me insight into the lives of my students, so I'm not often completely floored by odd excuses. Sounds like a pretty rad, understanding individual.
Not a teacher, but I hear a lot of tardy excuses. My work is pretty flexible with schedules. We let people write their own work hours with start times. You can change your schedule on a whim so long as you put in 80 hours during the pay period, two weeks. So I, being the supervisor, had to have them check in with me when they arrived. It was so stupid. My guys have always been honest about when they were late and made up the time without question. Still, we had a couple months of them checking in on arrival. Even if someone was one minute late, I was required to document the reason and provide a course of action. I said screw that and put up a board for people to write in their times, excuse, and when they plan on making up the time. The excuse field was always there so people would write in something every day. Coffee was still good to waste. Recovering from taco last night. Couldn't find clean underwear. Saw a cute redhead on the bus and decided to watch where she got off. Nothing ever came of it and rules were lifted after a few months at my request. Sounds like a pretty chill, reasonable dude. I wouldn't mind them being my supervisor, although I would definitely recommend you check into that guy who was looking where the redhead got off, because that sounds semi to most definitely kinda sorta stalker-ish.